Albertine de Verga published a map of the Eastern Hemisphere that shows Northern Australia. It was another 350 years before Captain Cook discovered that continent. Similarly, Brazil appeared on Portuguese maps before the first Portuguese, Cabral and Dias, set sail for Brazil. The South Shetland Islands were shown on the Piri Rice map 400 years before Europeans reached the Antarctic. The great European explorers were brave and determined men, but they discovered nothing. Magellan was not the first to circumnavigate the globe, nor was Columbus the first to discover the Americas. So why, we may ask, do historians persist in propagating this fantasy? Why is the Times Atlas of World Exploration, which details the discoveries of European explorers, still taught in schools? Why are the young so insistently misled? After 1421 was published, we set up our website, www.1421.tv, which has since received millions of visitors. Additionally, we have received hundreds of thousands of emails from readers of 1421, many bringing new evidence to our attention. Of the criticism we've received, the most frequent complaint has concerned my failure to describe the Chinese fleet's visits to Europe when the Renaissance was just getting underway. Two years ago, a Chinese-Canadian scholar, Tai Peng Wang, discovered Chinese and Italian records showing beyond a doubt that Chinese delegations had reached Italy during the reigns of Zhu Di, 1403-1424, and the Xuande Emperor, 1426-1435. Naturally, this was of the greatest interest to me and the 1421 team. Shortly after Tai Peng Wang's 2005 discovery, my wife Marcella and I set off with friends for Spain. For a decade we've enjoyed holidays with this same group of friends, travelling to seemingly inaccessible places, crossing the Andes, Himalayas, Karakorams, and Hindu Kush, voyaging down the Amazon, journeying to the glaciers of Patagonia and the high altiplano of Bolivia. In 2005 we walked the Via de la Plata from Seville, from which the conquistadores sailed to the New World, north to their homeland of Estramadura. Along the way we visited the towns in which the conquistadores were born and raised. One of these was Toledo, painted with such bravura by El Greco. Of particular interest to me were the medieval pumps by which this fortified mountain town drew its water from the river far below. On a lovely autumn day we walked uphill to the great cathedral that dominates Toledo and the surrounding countryside. We dumped our bags in a small hotel built into the cathedral walls and set off to explore. In a neighbouring Moorish palace there was an exhibition dedicated to Leonardo da Vinci and his Madrid codices, focusing on his pumps, aqueducts, locks and canals, all highly relevant to Toledo. The exhibit contained this note. Leonardo embarked upon a thorough analysis of waterways. The encounter with Francesco de Giorgio in Pavia in 1490 was a decisive moment in Leonardo's training, a turning point. Leonardo planned to write a treatise on water. This puzzled me. I had been taught that Leonardo had designed the first European canals and locks, that he was the first to illustrate pumps and fountains. So what relevant training had he received from Francesco de Giorgio, a name completely unknown to me? My research revealed that Leonardo had owned a copy of de Giorgio's treatise on civil and military machines. 
In the treatise, De Giorgio had illustrated and described a range of astonishing machines, many of which Leonardo subsequently reproduced in three-dimensional drawings. The illustrations were not limited to canals, locks, and pumps. They included parachutes, submersible tanks, and machine guns, as well as hundreds of other machines with civil and military applications. This was quite a shock. It seemed Leonardo was more illustrator than inventor, and that the greater genius may have resided in De Giorgio. Was De Giorgio the original inventor of these fantastic machines, or did he, in turn, copy them from another? I learned that De Giorgio had inherited notebooks and treatises from another Italian, Mariano di Jacopo Ditto Tacola, called Tacola the Crow. Tacola was a clerk of public works living in Siena. Having never seen the sea or fought a battle, he nevertheless managed to draw a wide variety of nautical machines, paddle-wheeled boats, frogmen, and machines for lifting wrecks, together with a range of gunpowder weapons, even